Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Lords of War Flanks. The gist of the hyperdrive was simple. Spin a ring of pure ruthenium absurdly fast and weird things happened. But of course, that was the gist. The reality was complicated. Much more complicated. Few in the galaxy truly understood how the hyperdrive actually operated. Fewer were sane, and fixing one didn't come cheap. And so the captain of the phalanx sat in the cockpit, her tentacles gripped on the yoke, guiding the ship into the retro burn above the atmosphere of a dark world. You better be right about this, she muttered. Look, like I said, we've got nothing to lose. Either the skies were real and our drives get fixed, or we have to get towed regardless. It was a companion, Magat, a male member of her own species. He sat in the seat across from hers, fixated on the readouts on his data pad. And be down a bunch of fuel coming over here. Nothing to what the repair bowl's gonna be. I'm not worried about the repair bowl, Magati. The hyperdrive fix will take a month, at least probably two. That's two months we're not moving supplies. That's two months of a colony dripping into their stores, and that's two months closer to packing up. You know, a faster way. No. Captain McGetty's black eyes drifted to the planet below them. Only darkness. A tiny points of light between the vast gulfs of nothing. Towns. Small cities. Not very lively, is it? She asked. Jebutha population. Just under one million. Lords colonized it about a century ago. And you think some savant hyperdrive mechanics down there? Never underestimate the word of mouth. Besides... I got an address, sort of. Gitty shot a look at Magat. You mean the address that's literally just 15 miles north of a new little rock? Yeah, that's real specific. I think this guy lives alone. All this place is where he hides the bodies. He frowned. Will you get off of that? You think that every loner that you run into is a planning to kill you. You thought I was planning to kill you when we first met. You do give off a certain vibe. Magat repeated her words in a sarcastic, mocking tone and returned to his studies. He wasn't sure with what he was even looking at. A diagnostic report of the hyperdrive's computer had spit out, detailing a laundry list of problems that required immediate attention. R-ring integrity low, RF-8 non-responsive, error codes that told him nothing, things then made the weird bubble that allowed the ship to ignore God's speed limit. And if they didn't fix them, the bubble would pop. He shuddered at the thought, not a way he'd want to go. Re-entry, McGitty stated. He looked up, watching the orange blaze flare up around their ship in a low, dull roar. The ship rattled against the superheated air, rattling them in their seats like a brick in a dryer. Another thing wrong with their ship, something else they never got around to fixing. The free roller coaster ride was over soon enough, and their descent smoothed as they entered into the lower atmosphere. Magitti flipped a switch on a console, and the planet below shifted. 
Its black blanket of forests lit up in shades of grey, the town ahead, a great beacon of white. So, Magat started, I think that's New Little Rock, and fifty miles north of that is our guy, apparently. They sat in silence as they cruised over the small city. Magat, Magitti asked, yeah, what the hell is a mile? Magat looked down at his table, ah, crap. He breathed. After some deft searching for the proper measurement converter, he had an answer. That's, uh, five cadams, roughly. So, about 253 north. The captain sighed. Should have given us a paper map while they were at it. He grunted in agreement. More sane measurements existed closer to the heart of human and soul space. But out here in the frontier... It was just chaos. They cruised above the planet for a time until Maggetti leaned in towards one of the screens of the console, squinting her eyes. What? Magat asked. Light ahead, and we're coming up on 253 Cadams, so, um... He leaned down and to get a look. What he saw wasn't impressive. No great docking spire, no repair ship floating in the skies, just a small building and a lone landing pad. Crap, Magat sighed. He expected little and was still let down. This wasn't a mechanic, it was some guy in the woods. Well, McGitty grumbled, might as well touch down, good place as any to call her tow. She pulled back on the yoke, ripped a switch on the console side, and mighty thrusters on the vessel pivoted downwards, guiding them with a round landing pad. The phalanx touched down with a lurch, and the hiss of repressurizing air filled the cabin. The captain unbuckled herself from her seat. Ramps open, she said. Let's go. They walked down the length of the ship, reaching the cargo bay and deploying the ramp. It touched down, guiding them into the warm night ahead. They walked down together, catching sight of the house ahead. Not even a house. A shack. A shack of wood and a sheet of metal with a single inhabitant on its dimly lit porch. A human, wearing denim overalls and a red plaided shirt. A white beard formed a craggy face, and his head covered in a wide brim brown hat. It sat in a chair, idly rocking as it strummed on a stringed instrument. Magat bowed to his captain. After you! She rolled her eyes and walked up to the stranger. The human kept its attention on its instrument, tuning it with the practice fingers. McGitty raised a limb in greeting. Matop to pa to patao ripao katoom. The human reared back its head and spit an impressive distance, hitting the rim of a copper pot on the other side of the porch. Didn't catch a word of that, it said with a sniff. Only no English and snake, little bit of Arabic. Magat leaned towards the captain. Who doesn't speak trade lang, even out here? Let's be polite. Kitty cleared her throat, switching to her rusty English. Excuse me, uh, friend. Is this, uh, Emmett Stella Machinery? Emmett Stella Machinery and Distillery, the human corrected, and don't know why people leave that second part out. Also, do taxidermy, banjo lessons, bed and breakfast. The human sat on the banjo to the side of his chair, rising with a grunt. But, he grunted, I'm guessing you're all here because your ship's acting ugly. That about right? We, uh... Got referred to you, McGitty explained. They told me Emmett can fix the hyperdrive. Can you? Who says I'm Emmett? The human accused. I might be a psycho that chopped him to bits and made a banjo out of his skin. Are you? The human threw his arms up into the air. Ah, my story's come undone. Yes, I'm Emmett, and you two are McGitty and Magat, McGitty said. We're traders. 
Oh, Emmett grunted. So that's how you pronounce it. Come again? He shook his head. Never mind. The human walked forward, passing the two of them on his way to their ship. Where are you going? Megat asked. Gonna look at your ship, Emmett said. See what's wrong. Wait. Megitty protested. Before she knew it, he had already ascended the ramp and disappeared into the hold. The ramp raising behind him. It closed with a hiss. Moments later, the ship rose into the skies with a roar, its thrusters turning backwards and shooting the ship over the horizon. They both stood there for a moment in the hot summer night with the sound of screeching insects as they only company. Did, um, did we just get hijacked? Magat asked. I don't know, McGitty answered. A low boom rolled over the forest, and their ship suddenly reappeared back over the tree line. It raced towards the air above them, its thrusters stopping at mid-air as it slowly settled back down onto the bed. The ramp opened as it landed, and Emmett appeared from the inside, fanning himself with his hat. Oof, he muttered. Worse than I thought. What was that? Begitty demanded. Emmett blinked. What was what? You stole our ship, she declared. Her accusal failed to offend him. Nah, I didn't. Brought it back. Besides, you gotta fly a ship to know what's wrong with it. He turned back, looked around the ship. He made a sharp whistle. And you are some lucky mockra bringing her to me when you did. You were two jumps, maybe three, from getting taffied. Taffied? He turned back to her. Yeah, he said. You know, he put his palms together and then slowly pulled them apart. Come out of a jump, temp sinkers on tight, and you're broke. Get ship gets pulled out instead of a quick yank. Makes the ship and everything inside it all long and bent, like taffy. Makes shopping for a casket a pain in the ass. He guffawed at his own joke, bending down and slapping one knee. He kept laughing until he'd finally got his spool, letting out a final laugh before looking back at the two of them. Anyway, he said with a descending the ramp, your R-rings almost crack, the Einstein Rosen St. Victoria coils are shut, the AFCOM needs a total rework, and I'd be here all day if I told you all the things wrong with the Boson differentiator. Can you fix it? Maggetti pleaded. He sniffed, spitting off the ramp. Job this big, gonna need to get a good tools out of the shed, and, you know, sober up a bit. Have this done, uh, next week, maybe less if I get lucky with the coils. Maggetti did a double shake. Next week, it takes a month to fix a hyperdrive. Emmett raised a finger. I don't fix, I repair. Lots of people don't appreciate the difference. And most people don't know what they're doing with these things. You have a system in place, the work goes faster. He walked off the landing pad and passed the two of them. Now then, right now your ship is in danger to yourselves and others, so I've locked it down. You've grounded us, McGitty complained. Emmett shrugged. Don't think of it like that, he said. Think of it like, uh, being stranded on a weird hillbilly in the middle of the woods with no chance of calling for help. They didn't laugh. He turned to them with a frown. That was a joke there. He turned back and moved towards the shoddy door of his shack, kicking it open. Stepping aside, he gestured towards the darkness. You all make yourselves comfortable. I'll make some dinner in a bit. In a bit, McNichty asked. Yeah, he said, walking back to his rocking chair. He sat down with a steadfast sigh and picked up the stringed instrument. He began to slowly rock at his chair, eyes fixed ahead at the flanks as he slowly played the half-tunes on his banjo. Right now, he explained, gotta make a plan, plan of attack, that'll be the challenge. And the banjo? 
Magat asked. Banjo's a part of it. True to his word, after a time of idly playing his banjo, Emmett stepped inside and served him sandwiches on an old wooden table. Magat had made the mistake of asking Emmett how he'd gotten into fixing ships, which had launched the human into a long diatribe about physics. He complained to no one in particular, pointing an accusatory fork towards the invisible focus of his ire. And that's the problem, Emmett ranted. They treat hyperdrives like they're a snake, like they'll bite you if you go near them. Ugh, like actual snakes, not like talking ones. Excuse me, McGitty said, but um, what are you talking about? He said he spoke down. Ah, I'm just salty. See all these mechanics stretching their heads on how drives work, and it's all out in front of them. If they do the work, most AIs don't even know how this crap works. You know what the problem is? Is the new generation lazy? Not? No. Well, maybe a bit. Nah, the problem in that dang metric system messes with your head. Come again? Kilometers. Emmett hissed and spat on the floor for good measure. No good ever came of it once you start thinking in nice clean lines that make sense or some nonsense. You just plain not cut out for working on hyperdrives. He held his fork in the air, wobbling it. Hyperdrives are fuzzy critters. That's the thing of it. You try to use fancy, even thousands, and um, he slammed the fork down on the table, embedding it in the wood. Bam! Your head's on Mars and your ass is in Halshi. Uh, I think it's pronounced Halsha, Magat corrected. The human stood up. I know how it's pronounced, dang it, but I'm too worked up for proper articulation. He stormed out of the cabin. Angry Bandro strumming followed. Magat leaned down, wrapping his head with his tentacles. This is going to be a long week. It was a long week. Emmett kept finding things wrong with the ship. He worked around the clock, stopping only for banjo breaks to plan his next move. By the end of it, his clothes were ragged and his beard was filthy. Er, He leaned back in his chair, looking at his finished work as the night sky hung overhead. Done. McGitty jumped away from the chair across the porch. Wait, really? Yep, he grunted. Just got done with the coils. Unlocked her, too. She's ready to go. McGitty sprung from her chair and sprinted over to the door, shouting inside, Magat! Emmett's fixed the ship! Magat emerged from the darkness, rubbing his eyes. Say what now? Emmett fixed, <clears throat> repaired the ship, McGitty said, correcting herself mid-sentence. She says that we're ready to go whenever. Emmett solemnly rocked his chair as they both moved towards the ship. You're all leaving so soon, he asked. McGitty stopped, running back to Emmett with an apologetic smile. I'm sorry, I'm, uh, what do we owe you? He pointed a finger towards the ship. I don't see ships like that unless they're running around the clock. You all haven't really told me what you do. Traders, come on, everyone says they're that. What do you all actually do? McGitty frowned. You didn't seem so interested in asking before. I was busy before, Emmett said, and now I'm asking, why are you all running yourselves ragged? McGitty looked down at Magat, and they shared an apprehensive frowns. The mechanic smiled. Come on, I can keep a secret. McGitty stepped forward. There's, um, a colony. Refugees, mostly. Refugees from what? Their home rotted. You know how it goes. Cruelty became the norm. Kindness died. And those that had a problem with that... Well, they were no longer welcome. A few of them made it to a nice world nobody's ever heard of. But there's no infrastructure. 
Not yet. So we help out when we can. We're good people. Where we're from, that's, um, rare. And where is this colony? Magat stepped forward. We're not telling you that. Emmett chuckled. Don't need to. He rose from his chair, nodding towards the planks. I knew who you all were the second you all touched down. He leaned back in his chair, looking at the heavens. I don't emphasize myself or my services very much. How you all found out about me? Another trader told us about you. Who? I think his name was Bedame. He chuckled. Bedame smuggles medical equipment through blockades. He learned about me through Trandabai. And who just spends his time looking at standard ships? And Trandabai learned about me from Wakabata. Who? Well, you never heard of Robin Hood. Who? Never mind. Pointers, people don't get pointed to me unless they're trusted. But Dame saw both of you, heard about both of you, and saw good people. Called me, told me that you all coming. A toothy smile emerged across his craggy face. They say no good deed goes unpunished, but you know what? Wreck that. If I can give good, cheap repairs to people out there in the galaxy who actually give a crap, then by the heathen snake gods, that's what I'm gonna do. McCatty was silent. She considered her next words carefully. You do this for free? He shrugged. Well, not for free. I might have raided your fridge. You're all out of weird eggs, by the way. She heard something behind her and looked at Magat on his knees, bowing his head towards the mechanic, tracing symbols in the dirt. Sacred symbols. I have no idea what he's doing, Abbott says, but I'm guessing it's a thank you. She interrupted Magat's prayer as she yanked him up by the arm, looking at the mechanic with a smile. Y- yes, he- he's thanking you. Magat shot venom at his companion. You're going to reduce it to that? Doesn't know what it means, and we don't have time to explain it to him. She whispered, shouted back. Emmett leaned back in his chair. By the way, he said, the name of your ship, the Phalanx. Weird to have a human word for your ship. It's not human, Magat explained. It's the name of a poem by the sage. He dismissed her explanation with a wave of his hand. Coincidence. Got it. You know what it means in English? No. Back in Roman times, soldiers would put their shields together and work as one unit, stronger together. All those people I mentioned, well, I left their info on your computer. Sometimes they all help each other out when they can. I don't know. The name just seemed oddly appropriate. His eyes lit up. Oh, by the way, your hyperdrive should use miles now. Should make things easier. Thank you. Magati breathed. She turned, motioning for Magat to follow. Come on! Magat looked at the captain as she walked towards the landing pad and took the opportunity to make one last bow of thanks towards Emmett. Emmett poorly imitated the gesture and Magat followed Magitti back to the ship. When they both ascended the ramp, all was quiet for a moment until Magat stuck his head back outside. You sure? We don't owe you anything, he called out. Get the hell off my lawn! Emmett shouted back, forcing Magat's retreat. The ramp pulled back up against the ship and the phalanx's lights lit up. It pulled into the air like a glorious chariot, its thrusters humming like new. Emmett paid the ship no more mind, returning to his banjo practice as the ship circled his shack once and then took off into the skies. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below. 
for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.